Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Everybody, good morning or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants Mobile app. Don't laugh, Pearson. There are time zones. It's morning somewhere. This is true. Schmel Cassie is with you. 201-939-4513. Do you know what time it is? Apparently, I do not. No. Uh, This week screwed up because today's an off day. It's a Thursday, which is just weird. The players aren't here. They practice Tuesday, and it's messing me up. Labor Day Monday, the whole week is just a mess for me. It's an off week. Not, Not the traditional start. Usually when you start the season, it's like, all right, this is how it's going to be. Labor Day kind of threw it for a loop this year, right? It did a little bit, but mm-hmm. that's where we are. And the Giants are getting ready to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Schmelt Casillas with you. Thanks for being with us. And, you know, we'll get to your calls as quickly as possible at 201-939-4513. We'll keep taking your bold predictions. We'll focus in on the Giants and Cowboys matchup as well. Paul and I did that a lot yesterday with some of our matchups we're keeping an eye on. So, JC, I'm just going to kind of leave it wide open to you. And I'm going to ask you very, very simply. First thing that comes to mind for you, Giants and Cowboys Sunday Night Football. First thing that comes to mind, how are the rookies going to do for the New York Giants? And I'm talking about offensively and def- defensively. Of course, you got the two young corners playing in, in Hawkins and Banks. Looking forward to seeing that because we understand how this game is now. You know, it's a it's a it's a vertical offense, right? Everybody's vertical offense. Everybody's you know trying to get those big plays downfield. That happens in the passing game, right? We got two young corners out there week one, you know, so I want to see how they do, how they match up against Cooks, Gallup, and and also uh, CeeDee Lamb, who's not just going to line up inside uh, in a slot, you know. So I want to see that. And uh, um, and offensively, John Michael Schmitz, how he does against that front line of, of the Dallas Cowboys, which is very talented. Now there are some injury concerns for Dallas. The Giants seem pretty clean right now, which is, which is great. Tyler Smith, their guard, did not practice yesterday. And talking to people down there, they do not expect him to practice the rest of the week. They'll see if they can get him ready for game day. We'll see. Otherwise, uh, Idoga, the veteran, former offensive tackle, will go in and play guard. Cowboys do not have a lot of offensive line depth, so that might be something the Giants can take advantage of. Donovan Wilson, the safety, he had a calf injury that he suffered in the first first practice of training camp. He has not practiced since. So there's a chance he can come back and play, but boy, he is going to be... Not a lot of snaps. Out of shape mm-hmm. because when with the calf, you can't run. You can't really, you know, keep your wind. And, you know, 
who knows where he's going to be in terms of being ready. And um, then the third injury Dallas is dealing with right now is Sam Williams, who kind of has a turf toe, one of their myriad of edge rushers. And uh, he is not expected to practice most of the week. So we'll see if he can be ready for Sunday. So there are some injury concerns for Dallas on that initial injury report, JC, that could impact the game. Yeah, and when you look at the the last the two games last year the Giants played against the Cowboys, they were hard-fought games, of course, but it really I don't think it was that close, right? I'm looking at both games. I look at the scores. I think Dallas outplayed them more than what the scores would indicate, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I agree and, with and, you. And then I look back, and I, I literally thought about it this morning because, first of all, I just got back this morning. I had, I had a red eye. I was in Columbia. So I just got back. I'm trying to download all my information in my head and process stuff. Haven't got that much sleep, so if I sound a little crazy – Smokey, all right? Check me, all right? Your energy level sounds okay, okay though. Good, 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 good. So last year, the Giants played the Cowboys twice. No sacks, right? And it, it just didn't look like they were on the same page. And then I looked at both teams. I'm just looking like, I think the Cowboys, because if you look at both scores, they were a touchdown better than the Giants. Yeah. That was the Cowboys last year. But this is the great thing, Smoke. This is a new year. Agreed. This is a new year. And, and that's the great thing about the NFL. The turnover in the NFL, new players, new coaches. How is how does it go, right? That's the great thing. And, if, and who knows which each team is going to be like. Because no team really stays the same, right? Get better or get worse. No team really stays the same. It's hard to have same records back to back to back. Giants did it a couple six and ten seasons in a row. We don't like that. We don't want that. But most teams don't stay the same. So we're gonna figure out, you know, who has the edge. And and I and I watch BBKL just like I'm on BBKL. I watch the the, the huddle. And also, like the Giants haven't beat the Cowboys in a very long time. John, the last time the Giants beat Dak Prescott, you were playing. I know. That's a long time ago. It's <laughs> a long time ago. 2016. They <laughs> swept him in his rookie year. Yep, yep. And and look, this means a lot. Not just to the players, you know? Like, this means a lot to everybody. Like, let me tell you something. When you beat the Cowboys, there's so many Cowboys fans in this part of the country, and you just don't got to hear their, their mouth for a while. You know what I mean? Like, I, look, Cowboys fans – out of all fans in any sport, they're the only ones, bro, no matter what. Like, I do signings here, right? All, mostly Giants fans, like 95% Giants fans. Some parents get pulled in by their kids. Like, I like the Steelers, but they don't say that. You know who had to tell you that they're Cowboys fans ever? I mean, Cowboy that they're fans of Cowboys fans. <laughs> so this is what I do, Schmelk. This is what I do. It was a lady. She took a picture, She and she had a Giants shirt on, but her kid and the dad was a Giants fan, and she said, I just want to let you know I'm a Cowboys fan. Only Cowboys fans do that. <laughs> like, you're in a place. It's just Giants, bro. Like, everybody here Giants. So, you know what I did? I said, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we have a Cowboys fan in here. And everybody booed her. Because this is the thing. It's not just a rivalry on the field. It's a rivalry off the field as well. And I'm learning that now as a fan. You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a casual fan. I know a little bit about football. But the rivalry is there, not just on the field. It's off the field as well. It's in the classrooms, right? Yeah, it's, no, in the, it's, it's in the bars, right. it's in the restaurants, mm-hmm. it's in the club. Whatever it is, it's always Cowboys versus Giants, man. And and it's not just on the field. That's what makes this game so special. And I know you don't like playing Cowboys so early, division games early. But I like early, especially if you get the win early. On the road, man? Oh, that's epic, bro. Yeah, and unfortunately, the rivalry has been kind of one-sided. Yes, it has been. Dak Prescott, 10-0 career versus the Giants. Uh, 4-0 versus Daniel Jones head-to-head. Is that something that 
resonates with players. I mean, they've been asked about in the locker room. Everyone's kind of shrugged it off, and I get it. I'm not a big fan of those questions because these players weren't here for most of those games. But is that something that that you think will get brought up at some time, at some point, by coaches for motivation? Like these these dudes have owned us for five, six years. Does that play into this at all? It has to. You know, it, like everybody, men are we are prideful people, right? Yep. We're we're prideful creatures as men, right? So the way they handle media here, they downplay everything, right? You better believe that. Dayball is letting these guys know these this team has owned this this franchise for a while now. You know, like I don't care what word or terminology you use, but that's something that's true. That's fact. Like the Giants haven't beaten the Cowboys in a very long time. The players know that. How do they know that? The coach will let them know for sure. They're downplayed as much as possible, but you better be for sure. Every single person on that roster on a practice squad, they understand how important this game is because it's not just for the players. It's for the organization. It's to show the level of where we're at compared to last year, where we're at compared to the other teams in his division, and not only the other team division, in the conference. 100%. All right, I'm going to give you one more chance here. We talked about those matchups yesterday with the corners and wide receivers. You brought that up already. We talked about the pass rushers and, and things like that. Any other matchups in, in this game that you're watching? One guy we haven't really talked a lot about is Tony Pollard, right. who is very explosive. What are some of the things the Giants have to do to slow him down? Well, I think, first of all, you know, you, you brought us some extra beef up front, you know, and Nacho and Ashawn, And the reason why, because the Giants wasn't good against the run last year. And I say wasn't good. They they gave up over five yards of carry the whole entire year. And not, I don't, it was early in the year. Well, they had some segments of the year where they were pretty good against the run. But overall, in the division, the Giants were not good. Yeah, I think Dallas was like 130 yards per game against right. them. So and, yeah, and I looked at it, mm-hmm. Zeke's stats. He averaged like seven, almost six yards a carry. Zeke Elliott, and I'm, I got a lot of respect for him. I played against him, but he shouldn't be averaging that much against any team, let alone not you know, anymore a no. team in the division. Mm-hmm. You know, so the Giants number one. I think the number one thing this year has to be to out physical them, right? And that goes in stopping the run. That goes with your defensive line against their offensive line, our offensive line against their offensive line, who's winning that rushing war, right? And the Giants didn't do a good job against that uh, last year, but last year's last year. The Giants did a great job in bringing in extra guys, signing Dexter Lawrence, keeping uh, Leonard Williams here, adding extra pass rushers and guys that contribute, and then signing, I think, a very good middle linebacker in Bobby Okereke, and then having Micah McFadden there, and then also this talented rover safety linebacker defensive end pass rusher guy in Isaiah Simmons to stop this team. You know, like the reason why you draft, the reason why you bring in the free agents is to stop teams in your division. That's from all sports. The basketball, football, whatever it is, you draft to beat teams in your division. And this is the team that they put together is to beat Dallas. It's to beat Philly. All right, final question as a player, and then we'll get to your calls. We have a full bank. We appreciate that. As a player, you get ready for the regular season, right? You do preseason games. You do scrimmages. You have all your practices. But it's really hard to properly simulate the real thing unless it's the real thing, right? You can't. can't. So what hits a player in the face the most in that first regular season game, especially a big one like this, when you get out there and they feel like, oh, that's what it was like again. And you kind of have to like work it out on the fly a little bit. It's the stamina because you got to think the, like you're, you're so hype, like, because you've been waiting on this since January. You just been waiting and thinking about 
you've been thinking about Dallas for months, months and months and months and months. And all you think about, like, you, you know, a, a lot of guys are visual visualization, visualization guys. You've been thinking about this and dreaming about it for months. So the anticipation is there. You're going to be hyped. And that, if you're too hyped too early to drain you. Yeah. You know, but th- you don't get this hype for preseason games. You don't definitely don't get this hype for practice and training camp. You know, so that level of, Unless you're Paul Dottino. Of, and, yeah, right. Paul Dottino. <laughs> nah, he, he definitely turns no, it up yeah, for regular season, does. too. You're right about he that. Definitely he definitely turns it up for regular <laughs> season. You know him. He's going to be on fire on Sunday, bro. He's going to be on fire. Um, but it, that it, it, that drains you, and you don't you can't anticipate that because, I mean, it's 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 not like on the schedule. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not there, and and you you don't you don't know that you're really going through that. You know what I mean? Because football brings that out of you. That's what's so special about the sport. It brings that competition out of you. It brings that excitedness, preparation, all of that, and that angst, and getting ready for that game and getting ready for that first snap. That can be very draining. And all of a sudden, halfway through the first quarter, you you suck and win. Like, why am I so tired? You are in shape, but you've been highly energetic for like five hours, you know, before the game, you know, before the, the meal, when you wake up in the morning, you're just like ready to go. So I think that is probably the most difficult thing that every single person is going to go through on both sides. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. Like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, let's get to the calls at 201-939-4513. I gave this spiel yesterday. Fans kind of like, ah, it was really fast. Can you give the spiel again? So I'm going to give the spiel again. All right, we got a lot of stuff going on with our podcast and audio network this season. Some new stuff. First, let's start with Big Blue Kickoff Live. We have our normal schedule. All right, Monday, it'll be Lance and either or both of Paul or I kind of reacting to that game on Sunday. Tuesdays, it's Madeline Burke and Howard Cross. Wednesdays, it'll be Datino and I. Thursdays, you got... John and I hanging out. And then Friday, it's going to be Paul Lenz getting you ready for Sunday. So that's your Big Blue Kickoff Live schedule. Giants Huddle Podcast. Go find it. Podcast platforms. Giants.com slash podcast. All those spots. Giants app. It'll be five days a week this year. We have a reaction that'll air Sunday night slash Monday. That's going to be after the game. 15-minute reaction to the game. I'm going to get up as quickly as possible. Tuesdays, it'll be me and Sean O'Hara breaking down what we saw on film, rewatching the game on Monday. Wednesday, we're going to have a Papa's Perspective, which is kind of a look back at a memorable matchup between the Giants and the upcoming opponent. It's up there right now 
He talked to Eli Manning about many of the Week 1 matchups against Dallas. On Thursday will be an interview with a national reporter or someone else that covers the Giants. This week, Lance talked to Devin McCourty, your boy from the Patriots. And then on Friday, we're going to have our normal preview, which will be me with a player. This week's is Adore Jackson. Uh, we'll have Brian Dable with Bob Pop on that episode. Uh, trying to work out a couple other things as well. We'll do an opponent preview. So those are your Giant Huddle podcasts. And then we have the Giants Hangout podcast, which is launching next week. JC and Madeline Burke will be with you and with a couple guests on Thursdays. It'll be Lance, Russ, and Howard on Mondays. And those will be kind of a roundtable debate show, three topics on each show, and they'll kind of go through everything. And, of course, we still have draft season, our, our college football podcast. That'll probably usually be Wednesdays, or that might vary. Um, we have uh, Her Playbook. We have our Spanish language podcast. So check them all out. Go to Giants.com slash podcast. The whole list is there. Check it out, or just and then search for them and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave that five-star positive review. It really helps us out, and we appreciate you checking out everything we're doing. All right. You got it? You got it? <laughs> Good. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Marcus out in Portland. Marcus, you're taking a break from tracking the Damian Lillard saga to talk some Giants. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you, John? We're good. Good. Good to see you too, JC. And um, you know, thanks for your tenure as a Giant and all the good stuff you do for the community there in New Jersey. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, but back to football, of course. I wanted to talk about um, X factors on all three sides of the ball. I have two on each, so I'll try to go through quick. Sure. Uh, on offense, most importantly, um, you know, of course, Saquon's back, but backup is always important. Matt Breda, we always talk about like how we saw those formations last summer that him and Barkley did. I think it's time for the team to finally open the playbook and make that happen. Um, I mean, look, we, we saw them. We saw them use Barkley and Breda a lot together, yep. especially late in the year, like more than 10 plays a game a lot of times. And now you have other guys, too, like Wondell and Paris Campbell. That's what I'm excited to that see. That can work in the backfield, the, too. The, the guys like Wondell and Paris Campbell and, and even even Hyatt, like where are they going to put all the guys at, right? Sterling Shepard, well, he can do it. everything. Sterling's one of the best blockers on the team, regardless of the position. So it's like, what are they going to do this year with all this talent that they have on offense? I'm excited to see. Yeah, there's a lot. And it's going to be exciting to see Sterling back on the field. But since we have all this talent, he could take a little bit of time to get back just so he's 100%. Um, And then John Michael Schmitz is going to be a very important piece to that offensive line. He has to be the rock. I know he's a rookie. That's a lot of pressure. He's a little bit older of a guy, but I think he can make it happen. Um, on the defensive side, uh, Hottie needs to bring back that juice that he had last season and just keep it going, build on top of that. And then Xavier McKinney, he needs to rise to stardom this year. Like, this is the year he needs to prove it. It's a contract year, I believe, for him, correct? Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's got to go. He's got to do it. Um, last but not least, special teams. Um, very important side, of course, of the game. It is a, the third piece of the game. Uh, Gary Brightwell, I can tell he's kind of been, I wouldn't say buried um, with special teams. It seems like Eric Gray is going to be taking that punt return and also kick return role perhaps, but we'll see. But I think he's got a lot of talent, and, you know, I, he's he's Gary Brightwell. I think he's a great returner, but he needs to prioritize special teams, I guess, because he's not going to be seeing the offensive side more. And last but not least, Jamie Gillian needs to be consistent this season. He was great last season, but I want to see more boots and just want to see more from him. And that's all I have for X-Factors. 
love to hear if you guys have any. You don't have to do two, but I'd like to hear who you think will be an X factor on all three sides of the ball. Okay, JC, what do you think? He did at first, but that was a great list that he just no, put great together. Call. Excellent now. call, Marcus. Yeah, Thank for you. Sure. Um, uh, offensively, I'm gonna go with with a name that people are not really mentioning that much, but I think this year he's going to be the X factor. I think I might have mentioned to you before, Daniel Bellinger. He's going to be the X factor because everybody understands what Waller is. He's proven himself in the NFL, right? A couple Pro Bowl years of over a thousand yards, had some injuries, but everybody knows he's a top five tight end in the league, number one paid tight end in the league. He's gonna do his thing this year. Everybody knows what they what, what Jalen Hyatt is. Sterling Shepard's played in this league for a while. Daniel Bellinger, he was leading the team in receiving yards and touchdowns last year, if I'm not mistaken, before he got hurt. And then he got hurt. Yep. But then he came back and still had a solid year. But he's the most the most versatile player on the offense. Because think about it, right? All of the receivers, they can line up in the backfield probably, right? And mm-hmm. do some stuff around the line of scrimmage in terms of like jet sweep that H back, right? Uh, Darren Waller, you can split him out, you can bring him in. You're not gonna put Darren Waller in the backfield though, right? Daniel Bellinger can do all of those things. He can line up outside, he can line up on the line, he can line up at fullback and he's done that. So when you have Daniel Bellinger and Darren Waller on the field at the same time, they can line up in so many different looks. And as a player, as a defensive player, that was in that nickel, linebacker, rotational type of spot for some years in my career, that's a very tough place to put people in. I remember Spagnola was here. We were playing against the Patriots. We were in dying personnel, and they lined up in 11. Three receivers, one tight end. Lou Garrett Blunt at running back. Uh, uh, Gronkowski at tight end. And we had Craig Dahl lined up in the box, bro. They were killing us, and I'm sitting there at Spags like, you gotta call a timeout. This is a bad front against us, and they're just running the ball against us because of 11 personnel, because you have Gronk. The way they can set up with Darren Waller and uh, Daniel Bellinger, they can make it look like two running back sets, four wide receivers, three wide receiver sets, two tight ends split out, an H-back set. They can make it look so yeah, different. It can look like 21, 11, everything. 12. Yeah, it's a they good can point. do everything with Daniel Bellinger on the field. That is going to be the X factor on offense. And then he made a good point on defense about Xavier McKinney really taking that next step and being that guy on the field like like we've seen of the, you know, Antrell Rose when he had his, his great years here when he played. He needs to take that next step forward and be the leader on the back end. It's a lot of young guys back there. Dory Jackson, definitely a veteran back there. But it's a lot of new guys here. Xavier McKinney's been here for a while now. You know, so he's the veteran in the room, even though he's not the oldest guy in the room, but he's been here, one of the longest tenured guys on the defense here, and he's a high-potential playmaking ability. It's crazy. He got hurt last year. I expect him to have a great year and create a lot of different things to make this this defense an attacking, explosive defense. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Ron in New Jersey. Ron's up next. Hey, Ron. Hey, guys, how you doing? What's up, Ron? Pleasure to talk to you. Well, like everyone else, I'm pretty excited about the season. I'll be there Sunday night. A little public service announcement. The Giants have requested a blue out. So for We were going to bring that up, yep. Oh, all right. Um, So, John, I have a slight different take on playing the Cowboys game one. Yeah. Like Jonathan. It seems to me, well, A, we have the home field finally, so I like that. But doesn't, when there's adverse conditions, doesn't that tend to favor the underdog a little bit? Because both teams are coming in raw. So, what do you think? 
What do you mean adverse yeah, conditions? Well, yeah, I was about to say that. What do you mean with that? The, the, the fact that you're, you're saying, geez, the, the, the teams aren't ready to play. Oh, it's right? week one. Bro, it's snap. week one. The right. season is here. They have to be no, ready. No, yeah, it's not that they're not ready yeah. to play. It's just that we, uh, he, here's – it's it's not because I think it gives the Giants a worse chance of winning. In fact, it might give the Giants a better chance of winning playing Possibly. them early that's in the what year. I'm no, and, and I think that's fair. The reason I don't like it from more of a you know transcendental point of view is that I don't know how much I'm actually going to learn about the two teams from a Week One matchup because mm-hmm. so many weird things happen in Week One. Yep. You know, underdogs beat you know I teams think. that are a lot better than them. So I feel like. I wanted this game when the Giants play Dallas and Philly this year to be real barometers as to where the two teams are. And I, for me, if they're playing in October, you know, the teams have kind of settled in by that point. They're, yep. they're showing what they truly are. While week out. one, it's still kind of a mystery. So that's the reason why I'm not a huge fan of the division teams playing in week one. But to your point, I do think when you're an underdog, you'd rather play the teams earlier, you know, in week one than later because maybe you'll catch them because they're not, like, to your point, not fully hitting the ground running yet. Yeah. Right. Okay, but your, your, your point's a good one, too. I misunderstood that a little bit. And the second one, and this, this might be overanalyzing, like you point out a lot, John, we all do. I know the 30% turnout um, turnaround for each team, but when it comes to starters, isn't that number more, you know, High teams, 20%. Yeah. Does yeah. that make a difference? Um, I would say that's about right. I think most of these, both of these teams are returning most of their starters, to be honest with you. I think, okay. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about it on both sides here. New Giants starters, right? You have Okereke and mm-hmm. you have the two rookie corners, right? So that's three guys right. on defense. On offense, you have Schmitz, Waller, Waller. And Paris Campbell. And Paris so Campbell. Paris so that's Campbell. six. Yeah, there you go. Three and so three. So that's three and three oh. for Dallas. Uh, their offensive line is intact, assuming Tyler Smith plays. We'll see if he does. Pollard's still there. Jake Ferguson in for Dalton Schultz. So Ferguson had to start five, six games last year anyway because Schultz got hurt. Yeah. So if you want to count him, I guess. Brandon Cooks would be the new guy yep. on Dallas. Defensively for the Cowboys, uh, Stephon Gilmore. Thank you, Pearson. Yep. That's good. And I think that's pretty much it for the Cowboys right. defense because Mozzie Smith's not starting. He's going to be backing up Jonathan Hankins. So, and he was there last year. So I think the the Cowboys have probably a little bit more continuity in terms of starters. Okay, fair enough. I'll leave you. I know you have other calls. Not good call. Giants beat Dallas on Dallas beat the Giants win Sunday. I think eleven wins. There's my bold prediction. I like it. All right, like put that put too. put that down, Mister Pearson. Ron and I think it was Ron in New Jersey. If the Giants beat Dallas, eleven or more wins. Uh, and by the way, he makes a good point. I was going to bring it up, but now since uh, Ron led us to it, the Giants want to blew out at the game on Sunday. They're giving out rally towels. There'll be T-shirts for the first few people that come to the stadium. So get there early if you few want the people. T-shirt. How many people they said they was giving that out to? It was like 25,000. Yeah, I think it was 25 That's 35. a few people. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a, a lot few of people. few people. I didn't remember the exact number, so I didn't want to give the exact number. If you want the T-shirt, get there early, get but there wear early. blue. I love the white color rush jerseys, too. Yep. I love them. They're one of my favorite jerseys. Just Put them away for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Sunday. Just put them away. In blue. Bring the blue and blew out that stadium to root on the Giants to knock out those heated Dallas Cowboys. And don't forget, folks, if you want single-game tickets, they are still available. So make sure you go check it out. You know the schedule. You know the opponents. Go to Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat. All right, let's go back to the phones and say what's up to Cliff in New York. He's up next. Cliff, how are you? 
Hey, I'm good. How you guys doing, man? We're good, Cliff. All right, Cliff. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, listen, um, I, I've got some comments about the uh, the matchup, but um, I wanted to address the uh, the big picture first. Um, sure. Yeah, uh, I was a little shy last year about predictions. I, I wasn't shy about saying I thought Dexter Lawrence would come break out, but for the team. You know, I was so impressed with the way Dable did the preseason last year. He made me feel so good about the team. I really saw us as starting off like 4-0 and and then crash landing in London and and not sure what happened after that. And as it turned out, we started off 5-1. and one. And, and the loss, and, and who would have predicted last year that we would have started off 5-1? and one? And the loss came. Yeah, not um, us, by the way, Cliff. I think we were all surprised by that 5-1 yeah, and one start for, for sure. sure. That's right. Yeah. So bearing that in mind, and that in that period, we had to go to London, which is not a lot of fun, because we're, we're talking about this season with the 7 out of 10 games, first get 10 games on the road, and a lot of prime time and to boot. We went to London last year and won the game and came home with a lot of changes in the schedules before we left and when we came back and won the game when we came back against the Ravens, I think. And uh, that impressed the heck out of me. Um, so as far as the trenches go, um, I think we're there on the defensive line, assuming they're all there. Uh, and as far as health goes, as Madeline put it on Tuesday, touching wood, we're looking pretty better, good, whatever you want to do, being cautious not to jinx anybody. And that's a, a serious organizational effort from owners down through the players and the trainers and everybody and the coaches. They really are working hard on that, and I think it's paying off. Um, a lot so, of that is luck, though, too, Cliff. Remember, you know, you can absolutely, absolutely. Stuff, a lot of it is luck. Absolutely. A lot of guys, I noticed Saquon is not the only guy that looks at the sideline when he's trotting back to the huddle because you have to – you have to be mindful of the time clock for the next play, and you you got to run back to the huddle. And sometimes you have to look at the sideline. And that was when he when he hurt his ankle. I saw that quarterback that went down to New Orleans. Now, what's his name? Um, I saw him do that in a playoff game, and he didn't trip on anybody's ankle. You know, um, he was with the Raiders then. Um, so. Um, so if the line is if the defensive line with with uh, Aziz and Kayvon on the field with 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 Leo and Dexter and and the backups are all there, if the line is that good and I think it is, those are the guys that our offensive line has been going up against every day in practice, and it's more than just John Michael Schmitz going against Dexter Lawrence. Evan Neal's been going against Kayvon, so I'm feeling pretty good about the offensive line. So. What I'm leading up to here is, uh, oh, also, um, the, what Joe Shane set out as an objective, which I loved as sustained success, and which you defined last week. Are you there? Yeah, yeah we we're are. listening. Oh, uh, when Joe Shane said in the presser about sustained success, and you said, let's define it, and we defined it as, um, you defined it as 9 to 12 wins a year, and contending for the division championship because without that you're it's hard to go very far in the playoffs so without winning the division so uh i think right now we are challenging 
to be winning the division. And I think by the time we get to Philly, we have a really good chance of contending for the division. So with all that, and uh, not being, and the uh, I'm less scared of the. Well, first of all, we're not supposed to be scared at all, but I'm less concerned about the um, quality of the opposition those first ten games than I am about the prime time and the travel. But so I think we can do better than we might think against the AFC East. And I know we all know we have to do better against the NFC East. So with that in mind, if we can do better than 500 against those two divisions, which is 10 games, I'm going for 12 and 5. And um, as far as the, uh, as the matchups go for this week, um, I think Dallas is due for a downturn. I thought the same thing about the Titans last year, and I was watching a caught a replay of that game the other day, which was very nice to see, and um, especially the expressions of the fans in Tennessee. They were so surprised that we were so good, you know. And I think we're better than we were substantially than we were on that day. So as far as the matchup goes, I, I think. Uh, Dak and his coach are being set up for being scapegoats, and uh, they're in for a rough ride. But even if they're not, uh, I agree with the other, the recent caller. Uh, it, it does kind of help a lot to win on Sunday night, but I, I really think it's time. Appreciate the call. Thank you, Cliff. JC, what's your reaction? I, I mean, that was a lot. That was a <laughs> lot. That was a lot. I was hoping Pierce was going to be like, hey, wrap this up. I can't. I don't even. It was a lot. It was like. I saw you he, just staring at the camera. He did us. Like, like, I was like, <laughs> okay. I to answer here. All right. He just kept on going. Um, but, you know, you can tell he watches the Giants all the time. He calls in. I've heard him. You know, we've talked to him plenty of times. And he's predicting that the Giants get 12 wins. And I'm thinking if the Giants get this win this weekend. Getting that first win of the season. We saw what happened last year when they got that big win down in Tennessee, you know, two-point conversion, like all of that good stuff. That's a great way to start the season. I'm telling you, for some reason, when you lose that first game, man, it's the second week is, I don't know, it's like you, you're pushing too hard. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to get that second win. People always say this all the time. It's hard to win in the NFL. But if you've tasted early, you know, you get that first win, you understand what it takes, you understand the level in the in the, the competition aspect of it, that it's so difficult to win. But if you get that first win, I think that's a good projection for the rest of the year. Absolutely. And yeah. I think if look, if you get off to a really good start here, I think it does kind of push you the rest of the year. We saw it last year, right? Yeah. You built that cushion early in the year. So even though you kind of hit that little bit of a rough spot right. in the middle of the year, you which had will those, happen, which will happen. Happens. Every team hits that. Every team mm-hmm. does it. No one goes through the full season being dominant the whole no. year. The, even the teams that go on and win the Super Bowl. I mean, you were with Tom Brady. How yep. often did those Patriot teams start the year a little bit like, eh, we're no. still figuring things out. The, and then by November, they're rolling. So the 2014 year when I played for New England, I was in Tampa earlier that year. That's the that's the year where they lost the first two games of the season, and they wrote Tom off. They wrote the Patriots off. He's washed. He's done. <laughs> He's done. Remember that? I think it was like a big blowout. How'd that go, Pearson? 
I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and then that year, I think we lost one more game that year, just one, and then went on to win a Super Bowl. And even uh, my New Orleans year, uh, my first year, 2009. And also a few more after that, by the yeah, way. Yeah. We went 13-0, and 0, right? We went 13-0 and 0 to start the season. The last three games we lost. We lost and they, everybody wrote the Saints off. No team has lost three games and went on to, you know, win, go to the Super Bowl, let alone win the Super Bowl. So you just never know, you know, how the season goes, the ebb and flows, you know. But what you, you, the point that you make about teams not really being the teams that they're going to be early in the season, especially week one, and a lot of wacky things happen week one, I get all of that. But you got to understand, the player in me, like – Oh, no, none of that matters like, for you guys. I would – Philly? Like, I want to go to Philly. I want to go down there and beat them and drive back up, and that would be the best – ride up I-95 I've ever had. And I hate driving on 95. I hate driving on a turnpike. But that would be the best ride ever, bro. Like, the player, we we just, we we want it no matter what. Like, we want that competition. And that's what the Giants want. The Giants, I'm telling you, once that schedule came out, I know everybody in that locker room was excited that they matched up with Dallas. And hosting at home, bro. I mean, you Sunday's going to be electric, bro. Like, it's going to be electric. And I'm, I'm feeling it now. Like, I, I just... Took my little vacation to get away because I know this hall. I'm jealous. That we're about to we're about to go we're about to go to. You know what I'm saying? We're about to go through this nice little hall, and we're gonna be locked in. And this is the start. And I'm already feeling it. I'm already sensing the energy in the building in New Jersey. And it's hot today too. It's gonna be hot this weekend, ain't it? Yeah, it is. And chance of thunderstorms at the stage on Sunday night. By the way, good times. So what does that mean for us if we're outside? We're in the cover. But if, if there's thunder or lightning, we got to go inside. We're probably going inside. Right, right. That's okay. correct. Good, good, good. That is, that is probably me, correct. Uh, my mama going to be mad at you, Schmelt. We get hit by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I will also. I would also like to avoid getting hit by lightning. I think that is a good goal for our first regular season pregame show together. Let's avoid getting struck by lightning. I agree you with got that. a deal? Yes, sir. Hey, guys. It's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time. Time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Now, one position group, JC, we haven't talked about much, and we talked about the change with one of our callers at tight end for the Cowboys. Dalton Schultz isn't there anymore, and Jake Ferguson is. H- how do you think... And you've gone against more classical West Coast offenses before. Remember, Mike McCarthy's there. Brian Schottenheimer is there. They're both from the old school West Coast offense schools. How do they want to utilize the tight end position in terms of, of how they want to utilize those guys? Because in the past, it seems like Cowboys tight ends going back to Jason Witten and even Jay Novacek have always just given the Giants fits. Yeah, you know, because it's a, it's a matchup issue, you know, because it's like who's going to match up against a very talented athletic that can do inline stuff, that can split outside? Who can match up against him? A guy like Jason Witten who can run really good routes. Even later in his career when he wasn't creating separation, he just knew how to play the position so well and the body position so well that every single matchup was a problem for him. And that's what 
all of these tight ends. That's why the tight ends are so special now in these offenses because offense is all about matchups. So who's going to cover this guy? Is it going to be the big linebacker that's stuffing the run? Can he match up against him? Or is it going to be the safety or the nickel, the corner, that guy that can cover, but he's outsized, right? So who's going to match up against this tight end? You know, Jake Ferguson played at Wisconsin. Very good blocker, of course. Yeah, you got, you got to block really well when you're playing for Wisconsin. And then he's also a little bit of a receiving threat. And then it makes what makes him more of a threat is the presence of a good run game, which Dallas has, and then the presence of weapons outside. That's what makes Jake Ferguson more of a threat. And it's all about those matchups. Who can they match them up uh, up against? I like the Giants' matchups against the, uh, the tight ends for the Dallas Cowboys this year. I like them, especially with Isaiah Simmons in there. All right, folks, we had to clear the phones. We're trying to have a special guest call into the show. I'm not going to tease the name because if it doesn't come through, I don't want to tease people. But we had to clear the phones. So we're going to chat here for a second. Hopefully we'll have our guest on in a couple of minutes um, if they can, in fact, call, which it looks like they're going to. We just got to wait for them to actually do it. So stand by. If you're trying to call in, don't. We're trying to keep those phone lines free uh, to get this guest to call in. So just hang with us a little bit. All right, you talked a little bit about the Giants' defense and against the Cowboys' offense. JC, how do you want to attack that Cowboys' defense if you're the Giants' offense in this game? I think you you make sure you establish – like, I'm always going to believe in this kind of thought process, and I always speak about it in every post-game, pre-game show that I do. I think you got to be physical and establish physicality first, but then also test them vertically. The Giants didn't really do that last year because – Offensive line, blah, 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 blah. We talked about this on so many BBKO shows. The talent at wide receiver, offensive line, all that stuff. They've corrected or at least addressed all of those those question marks we had about the Giants' basically vertical passing game. And I always thought that to mix up in the first 15 plays, usually they're scripted. And, of course, if you go off script, second and long, whatever the case, third and long, you're going to go off script. But there's a script. And, and usually, not not the script that Tom Brady and everybody talking about. I'm talking about a literal <laughs> a literal script, bro. Like, there's a literal, it's called a, the first 15. It's a literal script. And in that, you have different formations. You're running, in, in, you're running guys in and out. You're giving a deep play, a trick play, maybe multiple shot plays, run plays, different formations. That's why when games start, it's always like Daniel Jones, whoever it is, Joe Burrow, they're like, oh, he's eight of nine, and he connected with six different receivers. That's the first 15 because it's designed to throw different looks at the defense. And I think you attack that defense early by going up top early, but then also trying to establish a run, not only with Saquon Barkley, but with Daniel Jones, Paris Campbell. You utilize everybody to attack the edges and then hit them downhill. I think you attack their best player, which is Michael Parsons. You go right at him. Because I think if you go away from him, he's so athletic. He's so quick. He can He'll track, chase you down, right? He can track down anybody in the NFL. He's I agree with so you. fast. He's so explosive. He takes great angles. He's a hustle player. And by the way, not that he's bad at the point of <clears throat> attack, but you'd rather have yeah. that than him trying to track you. Actually, yeah, because he's mm-hmm. going to – he's like he, the way he plays football, he takes such great angles. People talk about him at the point of attack. I'm talking about him away from the ball. Yep. He takes such great angles. Angles. <laughs> He could get ankles because he takes great angles. But if you attack him, that's the best way. You can throw double teams on him. You can put – because he's not a big guy at that that pass rushing position. What, he's like 250 probably, maybe 260 maximum? I think 255 maybe at the most. So a guy like that, you're running plays away from him. That gives his athleticism even more of an advantage for him because he's basically using his athleticism to get to the play. When you're at the point of attack, sometimes your athleticism can get you in trouble 
because you want to get around blocks or something like that, and that creates space. And it's all about space on offense, especially in the run game. You want to create space. So run and attack 11. Attack Michael Parsons. And then again, your first 15 need to be very diverse, giving it to basically all of your players, but make sure you're attacking them vertical. Like I go twice down the field to Jalen Hyatt in the first 15 plays. And if one of those is complete, that changes the whole complexion of the game. How would you think trying to help protect Daniel Jones, what strategy can you best accomplish that with? Is it keeping the running back in? Is it sliding towards Parsons' side? Is it keeping a tight end in? Is it just, we're not doing a lot of five-step and seven-step drops. This is all quick game, RPO, play action. What plan, or maybe you pick a little bit from all the baskets, would you think is best to try to keep this offense productive and just trying to prevent that Cowboys pass rush from blowing up the game? I think you hit it. That quick game, that RPO game, making those pass rushers think. Don't let them set, sit back in third and long and they know what's coming. The, Which also comes back to running the ball well early, by the right. way. Right. Yeah, exactly. Winning on first and second down, but just mixing it up. You can't just sit back and have five uh, offensive linemen protecting on every pass play. You got to mix it up. Keep Bellinger in. Bellinger in the backfield. Keep a running back in. Have both of them in match protect. And I'm talking about not even – like even those vertical routes, they don't, they do not have to be long drops. They don't have to be five, seven step drops. They can be or maybe a quick five, and then you just get that ball out because the coverage is a certain way. Maybe third and one, you go deep. Instead of trying to get the first down, you go deep. You know, like just mixing it up. Don't be so predictable, right? Don't get the second and long and just run draw. Like I'm at linebacker, bro. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. Scream and draw, screen and draw, screen and draw. And if it happens, it's like Okay, we knew that was going to happen. Let's go off script, guys. And I think, look, I think Kafka, I think they have that ability to be creative. And now that they have the talent, they can be more versatile. So not only they, they have Kafka's creativity, and then Daniel Jones, we saw his brilliance last year in it was the Bears game, where he's just the, the fakes that he was given confused everybody. And I'm just sitting there like, why are we not doing this? But the Giants just mixed it up last year. They did... A lot of different things. Run pass, run heavy with Saquon early in the year. Run uh, run happy early with the play fakes by Daniel Jones. And then it came to quick snap, uh, quick steps with Daniel Jones like later in the year with his progression being quick one, quick two, run the football with Daniel Jones. You saw different, different ways that the Giants attacked defenses last year, and I expect them to do the same. That's why I'm so excited because both Kafka and Wink Martindale – like, they're almost unpredictable. Both offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, they're almost unpredictable. You almost don't know what you're going to get. We saw Wing Martindale last year blitz very consistently and then kind of peel it down for, like, the last couple of games of the no, season. He did. You know, and, and, and Mike Kafka, like I said, the, all the different ways that the Giants attacked defenses last year, almost heavy with Saquon early in the year, and I don't know why they moved more to, like, the Daniel Jones running the football, but it worked. And the Giants got better as the season went on. And when the season, at the end, the, the Giants were a playoff winning team at the end of the year, you know? So I'm I'm excited about this. Like, I can't – I told you, my energy's all over the place. I'm just like – I took an energy drink before this. I'm, like, ready to go. Like, I'm, like, ready for game time, bro. Like, I'm, I'm here. All right, and now we're going to welcome in our <laughs> special guest. He is Cowboys tight end, Jake Ferguson. Jake, you got John Schmelk here and fellow Wisconsin Badger, Jonathan Casillas – Thanks for being with us today. How are you? 
I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Now, we have a 94 degrees up here today. My understanding is that's a little bit rougher down there in Big D, the temperature. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Us, us Wisconsinites aren't built for this kind of heat. <laughs> All right, Jake, uh, let's start here. The big story this offseason is Brian Schottenheimer comes in as offensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy is now calling plays. Obviously, you're not going to give out any state secrets here, but for fans watching at home, how might your offense look different to them compared to what you guys were doing last year? Yeah, I think it's um, with Shadi uh, coming in here, I think he just made it emphasis to, you know, find that connection and make it a connection between everybody where it's not just, you know, QBs and receivers, QBs and tight ends. It's, it's we're bringing the O-line into this. We're bringing the running backs into this. We're all on the same page. And I think um, through camp that was a big emphasis and just the connection is going to be a little bit stronger and uh, you'll, you'll start to see that. And I think that's, that's what helps teams – make that big jump and get to that next level. Jake, playing at Wisconsin, we we understand that rivalry game against the Minnesota Gophers, right? We understand mm. that the, the team speaks about it all the time. You know, you talk about the Axe and even with Iowa and all the other Big Ten teams that you have that, like, natural rivalry with. This is a huge rivalry. Do they emphasize the, the rivalry between the Cowboys and the Giants because – like, I told him, like, I'm excited, bro. I used to play, of course, and the first three games of my three years was in in Dallas, you know, to start the season. So this was a normal for me. So I'm ex- so, like I'm excited about it now as the, the analyst, you know what I mean? And do, right. they, do they preach about the history of the Giants versus the Cowboys? Like, of course, the Minnesota Gophers versus the uh, Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, I mean, we definitely get a, a strong emphasis at the beginning of the week. Um that it, hey, it is a divisional divisional week, but it's also the New York Giants week one, um, and that's you. Know, I mean, you just see that around the facility how how fired up everybody is, and it's um, it's contagious. I mean, just like you said against the Minnesota Gophers, Wisconsin Badgers, it's that same sort of same sort of energy in the building um, the whole week, the entire week. And like I said, it's infectious, and it makes you just you know want to get out there um, on Sunday and just put your head down and go go after it with your fellows. You know, Jake, one thing that's been a big topic down there, and I'm sure you're tired of being asked about it, we know about Dak Prescott's interceptions last year, right? As a receiver group, and I'll include the tight ends in that group, what can you guys do to help the quarterback as a group to cut down on those turnovers on offense? Because as we all know, nothing determines winners or losers more in this game than turn the ball over. Yep. Yeah, I think, it, I think it, uh, it, it's, a lot on our, it's a lot on us as a group, the receivers. Um, and you know the receiving core tight ends. Um, it's our job to, to protect him. You know what I mean. It's our job to uh, make sure he's, you know what I mean, covered. And, and that comes down to running the right routes, um, making the right checks. Uh, if we got a sort of option route, making the right move on that option route based on the certain coverage that's catching the ball. That's hey, if if we get into a scramble drill and he needs to throw it away or something, or maybe it's a it's a good break by a defensive guy and we can't catch it, we need to go knock it down. You know what I mean? It's, it's just it's protecting him, protecting for And, I mean, he's, he's our quarterback, he's our leader, so it comes down to, hey, how much can we protect him while also making plays and um, being on the same page as him? And that, that comes down to just, like I talked about earlier, Shoddy having that, that next-level connection, and that's where it's going to change a little bit. And speaking of making plays, you bring in Brandon Cooks, a guy that's played for several teams but always a consummate playmaker. How has he added to your offense, and what is he going to do to kind of you know make your offense better than it was last year? You guys have a talented offense already. Yeah, yeah. B. Cooks is, is has been huge this year, and that that comes on all sorts of levels on the field, in between the lines, and off the field. 
um, just being able to, you know, pick his brain as a vet, like, hey, how do you run these certain routes? How do you take care of your body? How do you how do you see certain plays, see certain defenses, see coverages, stuff like that? And it's it's one of those guys who, you know, once he starts talking, you just shut up and listen. <laughs> and that's just because he's he's been there, he's been in it for so long. He's he's been making plays, he's been consistent for so long, and that's that's something as a young guy I always look up to and admire. And I'm just like, hey, whatever I can get for you, I'm going to take up. When I'm talking to you, I'm a sponge. Uh, I want to ask about you, Jake. Last year, you had to step in when, when Dalton had his injury midway through the year. You got a lot of action in the starter, but now you're the you're stepping in as, as the full-time starter. I know you have a very heavy room, Peyton Hendershot. You have the rookie Luke Schoonmaker. But what were your big goals this offseason in terms of areas you wanted to improve as you knew that your role might increase a little bit with Dalton Schultz's departure in the offseason? Yeah, I think one of the big focuses was um, you know my body, one, and then also – well, first, my body. Yeah, getting rid of the, you know, the little love handles that we get at Wisconsin every once in a while. Giving <laughs> up chips, stuff like that. Um, Ain't no cheese curds up there. <laughs> cheese curds, yeah. I mean, whew, yeah, had to get had to get those out of the diet pretty quick. Um, but yeah, I think also just learning our scheme as an offense. So when I do, um, you know, when we got into camp and we get into, uh, you know, sort of week one, when I do put my hand in the dirt or I'm out there lining up, I don't have any questions. It's it's, you know, I see this, I see that. Okay, it's go time. So I think just being comfortable in our own scheme and, you know, knowing what I need to do at a certain time and uh, what our goal as an offense is on certain plays is something that I, I really made a big focus this offseason. No doubt. And we talk about, like, the personal aspect of the game, and it's usually talking about players, right? But when you're in a division mm-hmm. and you play in a team twice – you understand who their defensive coordinator is and who their offensive coordinator is, right? Wink Martindale has been here, and he's a guy that we talk about all the time in the job he does with the guys that they have on the defensive roster here. What do you see from Wink Martindale that you guys preach and you guys got to basically watch for for every single time that you guys play against the Giants? Not just the players, but Wink and his kind of like idealistic of how he's running the defense. Right, yeah. I think uh, I think he does a, he's, does a good job of, you know, um, you know, there might not always be a big name guy in there or whatever, but those guys are playing and they're playing to their scheme. And that's when you kind of, you find out how, how sound a defense is. And, um, that's really when you like sort of kind of on an offensive side, you kind of see that connection in the defense. And that's, that's something really you got to kind of look in at the beginning of the week and kind of hone in on as offense and be like, okay, how do we beat these guys? How do we, what do we have to do to beat these guys? And I think, um, I mean, it's always a great game offense versus their defense and, um, you know, I'm just excited to get out there. All right, final question, Jake. Just following up on, on Jonathan's question about Wink. Um, he's going to try to dictate to you guys what's going to happen, right? They're not going to go back and play two safeties eat the whole game and, you know, bend but don't break. They're going to blitz. They're going to make you guys adjust. They're going to make you guys maybe try to go faster than you want to go. So what when you when you have a defensive coordinator that's trying to set the tempo like that, as an offense, what do you guys try to do to not allow him to do that? I think we, we uh, you know, we set the tempo in our own sense. Um, we, we follow our, our training. We trust our training. We trust our scheme. And I think that's where it really comes down to, um, you know, playing your own game and, and not trying to be somebody who you're not. And that's that's where, you know, offenses make those jumps. And uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of where you stick to it if it's going to work, you know what I mean? Um, don't make super major tweaks that, that might get you in trouble. And I think um, – as an offensive fall in our scheme this, this, this week, um, we've done a really good job of just into who we are as an offense and in our uh, original scheme. 
Well, Jake, believe it or not, here with the Giants, you were a big topic of our show last year heading into the draft. We all love you as a tight end. We were all kind of heartbroken when you went to Dallas, to be honest with you. So it is a pleasure talking to you on the phone. We love watching you play. I'm not going to wish you luck on Sunday, but I'm going to say thanks for coming on, and we will see you on the field on Sunday. Thank you, Jake. Jake, good luck yes, this thanks Sunday, brother, on Wisconsin, brother. Yes, sir, on Wisconsin. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jake. Jake Ferguson, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. We have seven minutes, by the way, folks. <laughs> You want to call in? Now you can get in. We'll try to rapid fire like two or three calls if we can the rest of the show. How about that? Jake Ferguson, we were going to record him for the huddle on Friday, but the only time he can come on was during the show today. So Jake Ferguson so live. I'm Why not, not? I'm not going to lie to you. When when I saw the name, I'm like, is that that can't be the time. We have the, the enemy on our show. When when did we start doing this? No, see, this is this is information gathering. Jesse. I like it. I like it. This is espionage. I like it. This is Thank trying you. to get something Jake. out of them that maybe will help <laughs> us prepare a little bit better for the broadcast on Sunday. I like it. And we're also going to replay that on the radio broadcast. Of course, on I'm going to show too, Jake all your, I mean, not Jake, Wink Martindale, all your notes that you took. And then we're going to make sure that the, he knows everything that Jake told us, okay? And you were the perfect <laughs> agent for this because you're the Wisconsin right. guy. I lord him in. So you hey, get Badger. him comfortable. Hey, Badger. <laughs> <laughs> now tell us your game plan against Wink. <laughs> he was actually good about not giving us anything, like to be it. honest yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, he's smart. He's smart. He, nah, under, he understands who he's talking to. <laughs> good dude, though, by the way. Yeah. Good dude. Yeah. And I thought really good stuff, especially about, you know, how their offense might look different with Brian Schottenheimer. Can you kind of dig in a little bit more of kind of what he talked about there, trying to grow a connection between all the players and making sure everyone's in sync? Yeah, you know what? And if we would have had a little bit more time, when I would have asked him, like, what did he learn this first year? Because it's only his second year in the NFL. Unfortunately, they had to get to a meeting, so we had to let him go. Yeah, right. But I'm just saying, I would, I wanted to know what he has learned that's going to prepare him for this year. Well, he talked about his trying to get his body right. That, that's right. kind of why I asked that question, what he wanted to improve heading into his second year. And Physically, I guess was a was a big deal for him. Yeah, because you're you're learning so much. So this is everything for him. Like he's in his sophomore year. As a sophomore, you still don't really know quite yet. You know, like you you went through it one year, but you're you're sitting there like you got to do it a couple times for you really truly know and understand how everything works. So he's just figuring that all out. But he's I think he's above and beyond because like we talked about earlier, right before he called. The way the uh, Dallas Cowboys use their tight ends, they're using them both in the run game and in the passing game, and they switching them up as well. Sometimes he's lined up on the front side of plays. Sometimes he's lined up on the back side of plays. Sometimes they run a lot of 12 sets, and they run the ball both ways, right? So I think he, first of all, a, a tight end from Wisconsin, he understands how to run block, and I, com I compare him to our Daniel Bellinger. And you know how highly I feel about Daniel Bellinger from earlier in the show. No, they are, though. They're very similar Very players. similar guys, yeah, right? The sure. guys that are going to stay in line, and you can keep them in all game because they can do everything at that tight end position. They're not tight end specialists. They're true tight ends. That's going to be able to help you in the run game and the passing game. Uh, you know who's crushed he wasn't here for that? Paul Dettino. Oh, Dettino? He loved it, Jake. First. Coming out when he was coming out? Oh, my gosh. Pearson, right or wrong? Was he not? Yes, he yeah. was in love with Jake Ferguson. Yeah, he's going to be annoyed that he wasn't here for that. Oh, well, sorry, Paul. All right, we got a couple calls. Let's try to get him in before we say goodbye. We'll try to rapid fire here. We got four minutes, but then I have to do a hit for DallasCowboys.com at 1.30, believe it or not. So we got four minutes, and we got to go real quick. What is going on quick. with this show? Doug and Glenn Falls <laughs> is up next. I'm a busy man, Casillas. Doug, what's going on? Hi, hi, John and, and Jonathan. Jonathan, up, this actually is directed to you. I read about Kelsey's Kelsey's injury. Have you ever had a hyperextended knee yourself? No, I never did. Sounds that like sounds... someone wants to know if he should start Kelsey in fantasy football tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's... I'm, I'm not fantasy football at all. 
big time. Yeah, that's not. I that, think that that's not an injury that I've had. But any type of injury that hits your lower body, bro, un, like from your, like underneath your thighs and underneath, it's gonna be a pain, especially when you're not like out for like a month. You know, like if you're out for like a week or two weeks, that's a very hard decision to make in those first two weeks because it's a fresh injury. It has probably a little bit of swelling, and you're gonna monitor it as much as possible. But the 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 guy that has that injury. He's just not going to be that guy, whether it's 2%, you know, not the same, or if it's 20%, 30% not the same, right? Because you have this lower body injury, and Travis Kelsey game is built on explosion and running routes. So it's going to be tough, even when he comes back, because he's probably going to come back with a knee brace or something. Yeah. You know, it's going to be tough. I and don't apparently think- he worked out this morning, and there wasn't any pain. So then it just come, basically comes down to swelling and whether or not he can he can function with the swelling. And, and is he, if he's comfortable in yeah, cutting sure. and, and mm-hmm. running and all that good stuff. All right, Doug, you got about then, 90 seconds here. So if you have another point, make it quick. I, yeah, so you, you like you like Daniel Bellinger's whole game, right? You, you think he's going to be a big asset to the offense this year? Absolutely. And again, it might not be reflected in his stats, but right. that doesn't mean he's not really impactful in the offense. Right, 100%. All right, Doug. Appreciate the call, man. Good it, stuff. It might be though. Like it, it sure. might be yeah. like he might be a huge, a huge target for the Giants. You know, I love him in the three, red zone, especially. Top three or four targets, you know, and yeah. that's because of Waller. But the thing is, when I go against Waller, I know what I'm getting against Waller. Yeah. Like right. I know where he's probably gonna line up at. With Daniel Bellinger, he can line up at number one. He might run a route or he's blocking a corner. You know what I mean? Like it, it's he's got so much versatility because he's so good at being a tight end. Not specific, receiving tight end, blocking tight end. No, just tight end, like traditional tight end. All right, folks, we got to roll. For JC, I'm Schmelk. Big Blue Kickoff Live back tomorrow, 1230. We'll see you then. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.